Welcome to Africa on Focus, where we share our success stories. Africa, the continent, the young diaspora, entrepreneurs, influencers, change makers, and so much more. I'm Miss Abba, and this is Africa on Focus, the podcast. And to be able to ask them what their thoughts are and uh, be able to ascertain that and relate that to the good people of the country very well. Um, I mean, because this conversation um, comes along to also help other people who are either preparing to be spokespersons in their journey. Um, there are some conversations that I don't engage in at all because maybe I do not have the relevant um, information for them or I'm not too clear. Government stance is on that particular issue. So I always come to the media houses and tell them that I don't think that um, I have the green, the green light to speak on this issue. Um, because there's always a clear demarcation between one that is involved in government and one that is involved in politics. And so at the, at the communication bureau, there are party communicators and party communicators are also very different from government communicators because as a government communicator, you are looking at the entire country and the entire country is not made up of your political party, which is the NPP. It's made up of 12 significant political parties, especially as we relay from the 2020 general election. There were 12 independent political parties that stood for the elections as a multi-party democracy and having celebrated 30 years of our constitution. Um, when you are a government spokesperson, you speak um, for the government and you also speak for the other people that are not in government. So you also will speak for the minimal people and the marginalized people. And you need to ensure that um, you're able to bring government issues and policies to them so they can better appreciate it that you are living above your political lines and your political ideologies. Because really, when the president is voted into power, the president is voted into power from a political party. But when the president comes into power and takes the oath of office, the president becomes the president for the country. Mm -hmm. And um, regardless of the number of people that voted for you, there are also other people that may not vote for you. I have an opportunity to govern and really to be able to ensure that you're taking care of those people. So um, the work for me is a very good one. Um, it's a stepping stone into other things that um, is yet to come in the future. But it's been it's been an engaging um, time for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So re really, you are now. Let's say I kind of like see you as the middle, the middle guy and the go-to person um, for pretty much anything <laughs> regarding um, the the presidential office. Is that correct? well um it's it's correct but i need to be able to expand that and so you know that um the seat of government also has a communications director right um so there is a communications director for the jubilee Arts. okay um, and so that is eugenia so eugenia sits as the communications director and then he has two deputies kofi uh, japon and then um, jefferson saki but um the jubilee house is a seat of government but there's a government that needs to be run and so the government is led by the president of the Republic, Nanami Danko Kufa. Mm -hmm. So um, I am an interface, yes, um, between what happens in government and what the people of the country need to hear. Right. Um, some of the roles, really, that uh, maybe uh, my colleague, uh, the communications director, and the presidency will play will purely be on issues that are happening within the presidency. But for the role that I have, I have a role that is happening, is really issues that are happening in government. And um, it goes beyond the issues that are happening at the presidency. And so okay. um, when when you have a conversation with uh, Mr. Eugene Ahin, who is the communications director for the presidency, he would be able to tell you that maybe uh, this today, president did this, this, that, did that. But I would be able to tell you that government did this. Yes, yeah, right, so, right. Uh, that, that really is like the whole demarcation of what is happening. So I can tell you clearly that today, government has fully rolled out the implementation of the ELEM. Um, so that is like a thing for government, um, which goes beyond what happens at the house of um, the seat of government. So that's really like a whole demarcation. But you are right to say that I serve as an interface between what happens in government and mm -hmm. the presidency and what happens with the people of the country. Okay, well, b beautiful. So that means that we actually have the right guy for this um, conversation. Um, since as of tomorrow or as of 1st of May, Ghana's e-levy adds 1.5% tax to electronic payments. Wait, hold that thought. Let's go to some music to let people marinate. I, I didn't want to go into music. <laughs> I, I just... Before, before <laughs> we, we bring that and uh, uh, let's, you know, listen to Akwabwa uh, Obia 
with his record and called Check. And before that was, uh, was um, what's his name? How can I forget his name? Aquavoa with his record called Obia, collaborating with Sina Soul, the fabulous Ghanaian Sina Soul. We're almost reaching uh, 8.30 uh, CET Amsterdam time, coming to you live from the city of Amsterdam. And you're listening to Africa on Focus, where we share our success stories. Um, on high radio, Ghana's, or let's say Amsterdam's most dynamic satellite station. And we bring you the latest news um, from uh, Amsterdam, of course, um, highlighting what's going on in the world of Africans. And um, yeah, we are here back again. And uh, we have a very special guest who is our returning guest and who is now actually, he's, he's, He's make he's made major moves because he's now Ghana governance and security spokesperson. Uh, last time we talked to him, he was something else. So uh, he has some serious uh, task on uh, on what he's doing. And before we actually went into the music break, Donnie was you know about to slam in a very important question that a lot of people are waiting on and a lot of people would love to discuss. Um, uh, yeah, about, and that is uh, Ghana E-Levy and so much, so much more. So I'm going to let you handle this, Donnie, because you have been anticipating on talking about this. So, uh, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yes. So, so, well, this is, this is an uh, extremely important uh, um, subject matter, actually. Uh, even the, you know, the, B, the BBC, the BBC has also uh, um, wrote uh, on this because of the impact it will have on Ghanaians yeah. in general. So, brother Paul Grave, if hope, you hope are you still there, let me make sure the volume. I'm here, Donnie. Yeah. Oh yes, yes, yes. I can hear you. So, so this this e levy thing, yeah. Um, I was here, and I think I believe in February, we heard of there about this e levy thing, and and I hear it from first from my you know parents. I went there uh, to visit, and then they were talking about this and. I don't know somehow they even were... today my cousin was came in the house and was talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so they they didn't agree with something something I I couldn't I didn't understand. But the first person uh, I had in mind was uh, um, us, brother Paul Griff. But so this was um, the 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 last um, well conversation we were supposed to have. I was going to ask this question, but somehow. It happens that as of today or tomorrow, it's going, uh, um, it's going in full effect from Ghana, and this is also the day that we get uh, to to ask you personally what this e levy thing is and why now. Okay, Donnie, thank you very much, and um, I must appreciate the conversation around e levy. To be fair um, to the good people of this country, I believe that. Um, having gone through various research and seen that um, a country of about 30.8 million people, we have just about 8% contributing significantly to income tax. That 8% in terms of total population is about 2.34 million people who contribute to income tax. 90% of um, taxpayers are settled in greater crime which means that a larger part of close to about 18 million people who are in the informal and formal sector do not, sizable number of them, do not pay their taxes. Last year, we heard very clearly that close to about 600,000 um, law practitioners do not even pay um, their taxes. And so um, there are many people that would want infrastructure work. There are many people that would want um, development uh, in their local districts and local assemblies. And government also sought to expand the tax bracket. So the Electronic Levy Act 2022, Act 1075, really came to bear primarily because having, um, for, uh, having fully implemented the mobile money interoperability, which gives an opportunity for MTN, Ether, to go, Glow, and Vodafone to be able to transact money amongst themselves. And having seen that the digital platform and the digital economy has grown right up from 2016 from about 78 million Ghana cities to close to about 500 billion Ghana cities. Oh. It's even estimated to grow to about $1 trillion, um, according to UNCA um, research report that came out. So clearly, having seen that that digital platform has grown, and having seen that the Ghanaian economy is also heavily dependent as well on digital platform, the government sorted it wise. 
that if you look at the mobile money interoperability and if you look at the number of mobile phones in this country, and it would interest you to know that there are close to about 40 million handsets in this country. 40 million handsets. Now, this 40 million handsets is more than the number of people in this country, which means that close to about 18 million people who have an opportunity to either afford a mobile phone, one person will have about two phones or three phones, or even four phones with each one having a single network in it. Okay. Now, when we did the research, we came to realize that 43%, 43% of the Ghanaian people do transactions below 100 Ghana cities. 43% do mm -hmm. transactions below 100 Ghana cities, which leaves the remaining 57% doing transactions above 100 Ghana cities. Which means that if we want to be able to implement an electronic levy, we need to be able to take into consideration the poor people in the country who do transactions below 100 Ghana cities. When we did that research, we realized that 43% of them do transactions below 100 Ghana cities. In implementing the electronic levy, we put in the electronic levy that if you do transactions, the threshold is 100 Ghana cities. Mm -hmm. If you do transactions above 100 Ghana cities, you would pay the e-levy, which means that if you do 100 Ghana cities, you will not pay. But if you do 100 Ghana cities plus one, you would pay the e-levy, the electronic levy. The electronic levy conversation began with a percentage of 1.75. Government being a listening government and having held stakeholder meetings and town hall meetings in Western North, in Eastern Region, in OT Region, in Volta Region, in Savannah Region, having held these meetings, and having really considered that the Ghanaian people really believe in principle that electronic levy is really the way to go, government sought to renegotiate the percentage. Now, having renegotiated the percentage, government brought the percentage to 1.5%. And so the, the, the bill went to parliament, it was read a third time, and then um, the, the, the arm of parliament really passed the bill. And when they passed the bill, the president as demanded by the 1992 constitution, assented the bill into law. Now, the main person and the main institution that is going to be taking the electronic levy is the Ghana Revenue Authority, which is the mandated institution in this country to ensure that they bring in revenue into the country to be able to help with the development of the country. So the Electronic Levy Act 2022, Act 1075, began today at 12 midnight. I have had transactions and I've had people that have had transactions as well. We have been following that platform and have seen that there are persons that are even being charged 1.2% of transactions that are being made. And we have stated as a government that we're gonna be rolling out the e-levy transaction in various phases. The reason why we are rolling it out in phases is that the algorithm and the platform that is needed for us to be able to see all of them on one platform. So that if you do transactions from Airtel, Tigo, Vodafone, MTN, and Glow, and GRA would be on one singular platform where we can be able to see those transactions in real time. But as a week today, that platform is not fully aggregated together. And so as a government, we are rolling it out in phases. And we have not had any challenge at all. There is one thing that the E-Levy is going to do. And I'd like to share that with your viewers and your listeners tonight. One of the significant things that the electronic levy is going to do is to ensure that it's going to build up a strong entrepreneurial base for this country. What do I mean? One million young people are going to significantly have the opportunity to start their own businesses. But the argument really is that people will say that there has been many platforms where young people have had opportunity to start things, like the Youth Employment Platform, the National Youth Authority, the NEIP, the Ghana Enterprise Agencies, and all of that. But the real difference with all the major youth model initiatives with any of these youth platforms is the fact that this is an entrepreneurial initiative and the highest boost to the private sector to ensure that one million young people start their own businesses, become their own bosses. But you see, the catch is this that you give this youth start initiative an extra 10 years, which is the incubation period. If mm -hmm. you give them an extra 10 years of incubation, I will promise you and I promise the viewers and the good people of this country and the global commentators to watch this initiative that is going to grow exponentially. And the exponential growth is going to be that if you, Donnie, you are part of these 1 million young people and you want to enter into a business, 
let's give that you want to enter into a business of trading in 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 in, in bicycles or in marks of trading in bicycle and marks and we give you an amount of money and you start your business and you employ 20 people if each person out of the one million employs 20 people we are looking at an exponential growth of about 20 million people who would have employment in addition to the one million people who have all started businesses and the ripple impact of that and really for me um, and as a government we believe that this is one of the major initiatives that is going to revitalize this continent because the continent looks at 2063 continent being having a total population of 1 billion young people so by 2063 in this continent africa is going to have a population of 1 billion young people and ghana is really going ahead of the conversation because we have after in, in headquartered in ghana which means that we're going to be doing trade amongst ourselves Ghanaians are going to be doing trade with South Africans. South Africans are going to be doing trade with Zimbabweans. Zimbabweans are going to be doing trade with Nigerians. And all of that um, continental trade is really going to help us really boost up our economy and be able to ensure that we are masters of our resources. And so really the ELAD has been the conversation around that. And I believe that the good people of this country has welcomed the electronic levy and many of them are already doing transactions. Okay, okay. Thank, thank you, thank you so much. Sounds very positive. It sounds very, very uh, unlike, positive. Unlike the reactions of, of a lot of people, because people at the end of the day don't want to pay <laughs> more than right. Um, but you know, some things you said um, that I wasn't. I I don't know even 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 if people are aware of it. And um, with people, I mean those here in the diaspora, because. Uh, not everything is shared uh, with news coverage, uh, first of all. Second of all, that's why we have the spokespersons, the, 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 those who go from news uh, media houses to also explain or um, uh, explain this matter. But one thing you mentioned, there is a, th a threshold, which is 100 Ghana cities. I did not know that. Uh, so if you make a trans do a transaction w below 100 Ghana cities, this e-levy is not um, something you have to pay, correct? Correct, please. Accurate. And that takes into consideration 43% of the people who do transactions below 100 Ghana cities per day. Okay. Below so, 100 Ghana cities per day. Per day. And then, so the, so the 50, remaining 57% um, who, and I mean, if you are make, um, for me, if you are doing um, a transactions um, above, Hundred Ghana CDs, then come on, one one point five CDs. That is something you can you can afford. So I, I don't really see any any danger in uh, the percentage. I thought one point seven five was actually fine. Um, but another thing you did say is that so the income tax in Ghana overall. What was the percentage or how many people do pay their income tax? And so as at the last data and the last check, yeah. out of 30.8 million people, 2.34 million people were paying their income taxes. That wow. gives us a percentage of about 8% um, wow. carrying the entire <laughs> burden of the country. Wow. So, okay. So this, this to me sounds... Um, mind-boggling because here in the Netherlands, well, this, it, this is, <laughs> <laughs> here in the Netherlands, it's government. We, we let's just say we don't have particular resources that we drive on, but we drive on taxes. Yeah, so that, that is just not to. Exactly. We can't even imagine that. And 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 I've watched um other um conversation or let's say um um. um other um, presentations of yourself when when you were talking about this e-levy um, and you were stressing on the point that the 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 income of the government is primarily through taxes and Absolutely. if you want to develop a country you cannot develop a, a, a country that is running on eight percent of its population for for taxes it's like we're expecting um good roads um, jobs infrastructure all those things Respecting from a government that is only receiving um, eight percent of, you know, so to me that is, um, let's say, already a, a really a very very low percentage. But 
my worry or my main question is is e-levy a way to increase um increase income for the government like a justified way of um of um receiving income for the government very much so um donnie thank you for the question i believe that if you have a country where you have 40 million handsets i mean 40 million handsets in this country um which means that if you want to be able to reach people the easiest platform to reach the people is through their handsets um, so once we agree on that level then it means that having put together a digital economy and i will explain that we we have done a gps system where we know where everybody lives now so every property has a unique identifiable number number two we have also done a national id card um, which also um, details your tin number it details your social security number it details your it's, it's a it's a smart one it's a digitalized um, card which really also is helping us be able to identify who you are and where you are and what you do and the contributions that you are making um, in the country now why is e-levy important e-levy is important because it gives us an opportunity where majority of the Ghanaian people cannot evade taxes because <laughs> now you, you you are buying and you are selling and you are using a digital platform okay. and you, you your services must be paid for and you're also demanding from government that government brings more infrastructure and you know one of the things that is key and significant for me to state is that if you look at um, the body mass index of an individual the reason why a medical doctor can clearly say that you are obese mm -hmm. is because your body mass index does not match with your age and or if you height. look at around the world africa is very much overpopulated and Ghana is also very overpopulated. The reason why every government must come and build more schools, more roads, more hospitals, more infrastructure, and bring out innovative policies to be able to drive the agenda is because the resources that are available in country does not is not adequate enough for the number of people that are in country. So the goal really is that government must continually do more. So for government to continually do more, government must find homegrown solutions. One of the easiest homegrown solutions is to see to it that you digitalize the economy. And having seen that the digital platform is growing significantly close to about one trillion US dollars, the goal is that if you have digitalized your platform well, and you have seen that the economy has grown also in country to about 900 billion Ghana cities, then the easiest is to take an electronic levy charge which is all encompassing and which really brings the behavior and the character of paying your taxes because a good citizen pays their taxes and a good citizen who pays their taxes cannot demand from government that government we want you to do streets light government we want you to do roads government we want you to build hospitals government we want you to put these infrastructures factory we want you to bring this agricultural project into our area we want you to bring solar we want you to bring energy and all of that you can demand that but really if government is not able to raise their resources yeah. then government would be forced to go into a bailout from the international community and we know what that is that brings a lot of restrictions yep. to your already um in-house decisions and challenges that you might already have okay well well okay so just, just because there there is in my mind right i'm seeing other ways so one of the things is um we would say it's not the government's duty to place a tax on electronic um transactions why because they're not made on the infrastructure or the network of the government um, um vodafone airtel all those are not governmental um, 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 companies. So why would the government jump in front of those companies who provide um, these telecom uh, or network services and jump on um, jump in front of them to collect their taxes? Why not stay behind these corporations? Like, because I know that there is there has been talks um, about this, but why 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 the decision to to go directly to the consumer um, for this tax, rather to the corporations for um, the tax. 
So, um, Danny, thank you very much. For the telecommunication companies um, like Airtel to go, Vodafone, MTN, and Globe, mm -hmm. um, they, they take service charge. Um, it's not the goal of any um, company to take taxes. Um, it's the responsibility of government to take taxes. Now, when they take service charge, government takes taxes from them. Now, what we have yeah. done is that even prior to um, implementing the electronic levy, we had had conversations with the telcos so they could reduce their charges on the consumer. And they reduced their charges by 25% on the consumer. And having done that... But that, 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 is, that is in order for government to be able to take their tax, right? Not necessarily. Okay. Not necessarily. Government would have ordinarily gone ahead to take their taxes even when um, the telcos had not reduced their taxes by 25%. Okay. But government having listened to the plight of the people and having been a listening government, mm -hmm. government went ahead to hold conversations with the telecommunications companies and they reduced their charges by their services charges by 25%. And so that also enables governments now to be able to put a flat rate on the implementation of the e-levy to 1.5%. And I've stated today that I have had transactions that I've done to the tune of about 500 Ghana cities, which would be about um, maybe $80 or so. And I've been charged the electronic levy, but I paid 1.2%. So clearly you could see that um, the, the, the whole electronic levy is working very well. And governments really sought to be able to address the needs of the good people of the country and really ensure that we burden share. Because embedding sharing is really where we are bringing that growth that we need in the country, where we can really now tell government we want infrastructure A, B, and C in community B, C, and D. I see. Well, um, uh, before we even go into the last uh, ten minutes of this uh, of this conversation that we have with uh, Paul Grave Wachidankwa, I just want to welcome uh, everybody that just tuned in into uh, Africa in Focus. We are really having a conversation on a heated, heated topic that is very, very relevant uh, now. Uh, shout out to Mena Ama, who is engaging with us. Kweku uh, Nesta, One God and One Dawn, shout out to you as well. Kweku um, Nesta, shout out to you for uh, interacting with us. Exone Entertainments. And, um, well, as you know, a lot of it has come into media. I think that the average opinions uh, of one, you know, having to pay now, because nobody likes to pay, whether <laughs> it happens in everything, you know, um, the reactions are very diverse. Kwekunesta uh, is um, talking about that accountability is a problem uh, in Ghana as a whole. Um, you know, how would the government account for e-levy after a year of implementation and how that really works? Uh, also, uh, we have one God and one Don who's saying, um, you know, we are poor, you know, um, and how how could we then pay if, if we don't even have? Oh, they can. Um, oh, they can. Kwekunesta is saying uh, date 2.34 million people, that is 8%. As the e-levy has started, shall be people recognized not to be taxed on e-levy. If not, they are being taxed the more. Uh, Exone Entertainment is saying, as for me and my family, this um, this government, well, as, as they need to be arrested, which is really harsh. They <laughs> only think about themselves in pockets. Uh, oh, Lord, come and save us from this heartless people. And this is actually uh, the voice uh, of the people. Um, and people are a lot of questioning uh, about about the system that is now being imposed. And I think we have some connection uh, problems uh, just to check if Palgrave is still there. Yes, I'm here. Oh, yes. Um, what are some of the reaction? Because I, I know that, you know, as a spokesperson, uh, a lot of the critis criticism that come uh, are quite sometimes harsh. Uh, you know, people at the end of the day, people don't like to pay. What are you saying to uh, those that actually say, you know what, we are already poor. We don't have much to give. Um, why is then still a, a particular amount of money asked from us? What do you say to these kinds of criticism that come from, um, let's say, the general public? The general public who would say that they are poor, they have been taken into consideration. Yep. I stated earlier on, that 43% of persons do transactions below 100 Ghana cities per day. Right. And so when we were implementing this electronic levy um, transaction, the goal is that if you do transactions below 100 Ghana cities, you are not going to be taxed. 
But if you do transactions above 100 Ghana cities, the threshold, so 100 Ghana cities plus one, you'll be charged the electronic levy of 1.5%. And so the good people of this country who decide that uh, they are poor, they have been taken into consideration and they're not going to be charged ELEM. You are being charged 1.5% transactions above 100 Ghana cities per day. 1.5% transactions above 100 Ghana cities per day. And so if you are doing um, 50 Ghana cities every day, you are not going to pay ELEM. Mm. But really, the 57% of the persons who do transactions above 100 Ghana cities, like I stated, um, I mean, I, I did trans some transactions today. Um, some friends of mine have done transactions. We've been around to be able to check. So they have done transactions to the tune of about 500 Ghana cities. They've already paid the electronic levy of 1.2. I mean, um, they, they have paid 1.2%. So really, you could see that there's a bit of a range of, of, of percentages that are going around. But the good people of the country have come to terms with the fact that the country needs to be independent economically. The country needs to be able to raise their own resources. The country needs to be able to take care of the young people who are unemployed. The country needs to ensure that we do our roads and our infrastructure very well. Where are we going to get the money from? We need to have homegrown solutions innovative homegrown solutions and really for the fourth republic of this country we have never had a president who's been so bold so courageous so innovative so visionary to be able to implement such an innovative tax for this country and i think that the good people of this country would continually remember president for his kind gesture mm. And another question coming from uh, shout out to Kweku Nesta, um, who's saying if if the governments are taxing on e-levy to create infrastructure and more jobs, how about the loans they went for in the last six years? Um, they should have used that to create infrastructure and jobs. Uh, what is being said, you know, based on these type of questions that come around? So governments every year or governments all around the world um, always need to supplement their budgets. Um, monies that we have taken as a result of our euro bonds have specific needs and those specific needs um, those monies have gone there i mean we have accounted clearly for all the loans that we have taken what the loans have been used for those materials are available for anybody that would request for it we have an rti in this country and uh, right to information if you want it you can request for those information and you can see what your monies have been used for and what the loans have been used for so clearly, we are a very accountable government. We have accounted from the very beginning um, to this stage, and which is why we do not want to lie to the good people of this country. We've come clearly and stated that it's important that we become responsible for our economic development. I mean, successive governments in the midst of COVID-19, in the midst of Russia-Ukraine war, would have gone for an IMF bailout. But if you go to IMF, I mean, these, the amount of money that IMF will give to you is going to be the same amount of money we are likely to even raise from IMF. But really, the goal is to be able to create that culture of being independent. I mean, because, I mean, successive governments have been extremely um, de dependent on other, on other countries and on other financial institutions globally. But the goal for us as a government, the president, Nanadadako um, Kufado, is very clear in his mind that Ghana needs to go beyond aid. I mean, that was one of the things that he stated from the very beginning of, of his tenure in 2017, that Ghana beyond aid. So clearly, um, in his mind, it's important that the country becomes economically viable. So your resources, your infrastructural resources, your mineral resources, if you are mining your mineral resources and you have your financial muscle, you're going to be able to use that to develop your country. But if you are mining your mineral resources and you're only getting a joint venture of about 30% or by largely 10%, 15%, I mean, how much more, how much would you be able to get? Because the expatriates will come in with their money, they'll come in with their tools, they'll come in with, with their expertise, they'll come and mine your resources and take 70% out of the country, right. which is what um, always goes along with uh, making sure that our money is depreciating against the US dollar or other forest, forex exchanges. But really, the goal for the electronic levy is to begin to start creating that culture okay. of being responsible for ourselves. And I believe that um, for that reason, we must continually support the leadership and the vision and the policy of President Anadu Dakutufa. Yeah, well, great, great, great. I'm actually, uh, I mean, uh, I'm in uh, all support for the uh, for the e-levy as um, as the way it has been has been rolled out um the 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 poor people are being listened to 
also the like to the future and i love the fact that it's using the digital space to create revenue for the government this is this is something innovative um very much so i was i would still i would still argue on 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 the part the part that why is the government going straight to the consumers of um services from other corporations um but i mean um, that's that's up for uh, a grasp i would want to know that since you are governance spokesperson and all um, and within that field are there any other methods ways um bills that are um, um in place right now to combat or to improve the eight percent um, um rate of uh <laughs> Um, um, Ghanaians who pay um, income tax? Well, I, I think that one of the major initiatives and um, the biggest of it is the electronic levy. Because the electronic levy, like I stated, we have 40 million handsets in this country. 40 million handsets. The number of mobile phones in this country in, slip, in simplest terms is more than the people in the country. Ghana is 30.8 million. We have 40 million handsets. And many of the people who have these handsets uh, maybe about the 18 million population who are the working class um, in this country. Okay. So if you have 18 million people having 40 million handsets, um, in widening your tax bracket, that's where you need to go. So one of the major measures um, that government has put in place to ensure that we widen the tax bracket is really to ensure that minutest contribution comes from people who really want to develop their country and who have their country at heart. But then, to me, it sounds like there is no, because from from that from that um, the previous studies about the uh, on the lawyers who evade um, paying their taxes, like how is that? How, how was the solution for that? Because that's you're going to have your e levy, and that problem remains unsolved. So you know that government also brought in the Ghana card, and um, the Ghana card is. One of the cards, it's almost like a stop shop uh, measure. It's one of the cards that has all the digital platforms on it. Right. So it's got your it's got your GPS, it's got your Senate contributions, it's got your TIN number. Um, I mean, all of these Ghana cards, and many people have this Ghana card. So the Ghana card also helps us be able to identify persons, various types of persons who are either evading taxes or other persons that are not paying their taxes. For the lawyers, like you stated, who are not paying their taxes, I right. believe that when they had the Bar Association uh, meeting, the President of the Republic, who himself is an astute constitutional lawyer, and um, the Attorney General um, entreated them that it's important that um, they contribute and pay their taxes. But really, that brings all of them into that bracket. The electronic levy brings everybody into that space and that bracket. Because now, I mean, whatever I, that you I don't, do, I don't you see need how to it is. Be on the run. The electronic um, levy only brings those into bracket who make use of electronic payments. But a law firm who pays their um, their staff, if they are evading taxes, for instance, they're not paying their staff through um, um, electronic payments. It's probably through bank transfer. But if they evade tax um, by bank transfer, they are actually not included with um, something like the e-levy. So... How so let me share. Let me share with you the areas that the ELV covers. I think yeah. um, that would be that would be a bit helpful. Okay. Um, in terms of um, the area, so um, in terms of one point five percent, the ELV covers between same accounts. Okay, of the same user. I mean, these are the transactions. The second is that if you are doing a mobile money transfer from an account on one electronic mobile money issuer. To a recipient on another mobile money issuer, you'll pay the e-levy. Transfers from bank accounts to mobile money account, you will pay the e-levy. Transfers from mobile money account to bank account, you pay the e-levy. Bank transfers on instant pay digital platforms, you pay the e-levy. Mm. So, in terms of bank transfers, I mean, we have also looked into it because uh, we thought that yes, it's important that um, people don't um, have other ways of evading taxes. So. I believe that, that that would be a good response to your question. Okay, okay. Well, I'll say so. Then we, yeah, we'll wait to see uh, on uh, 
uh, how that actually develops in other areas as well. Um, yeah. Definitely, definitely. All right. That's good. Um, well, as we're almost uh, rounding up our conversation with uh, with Palgrave Wachidankwa, um, live from uh, from Ghana, and this is our way to you know interact with somebody who is there, because uh, this also affects you know diaspora uh, who are doing business. Uh, I mean, even today, uh, my cousin who, who's doing business, he's around here. He was like to my sister, you know, did you hear of the e levy and and all of those things? And of course, what is also involved. Um, as the news spreads, uh, not everybody does the research right, and not saying that not everybody does that right, but the opinions are diverse and sometimes not always based on facts, but sometimes they are. So a lot of conversations uh, are happening, and we thank you, uh, Palgrave, for uh, for interacting with us on that. Uh, you could have said, you know what, no, that's not my area. Uh, we are not disclosing any of uh, those things. Uh, so as we uh, round up our conversation with uh, uh, with Palgrave, Don, do you have any? last questions because i know you had it well well listed <laughs> well um an, well another another thing is uh concerning the presidency uh, or the president himself and and funny that you power if you mentioned uh you are a young a young politician as of uh, as of now um the the age of the president is one that uh, was unknown to myself uh, until like two days ago I would no. I I had no. Idea. Our president looks so, so young. So though. now, so now you get why he's saying a young politician, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so well, so apparently our our president and he's he he he's done a great um job uh, on the leadership part, especially do um the during the pandemic. So yes, he's fit for the for the for the task. He's fit for the office. All of that. All of that. But his age, he's like 78. <laughs> right? That sounds so old. And Pargriff, we've had numerous um, um, conversation about how we actually um, need space for the younger de- generation to, to see the way, but also to prepare them for, um, for leading or taking those positions. And... You know, we have a president who is almost 80 years old. That is unheard of. But yeah, then again, this is Africa. But it's, so it's common. But still, but still, I still really want to, you know, stress this with you. Like, why is why is our president this old? <laughs> well, Billy, that's an interesting question. That, yeah, that's... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but what what do you what would you make of it? Well, I, I, I think that um as a country, uh, we we've had we've had a history, and um, our history has taught us that many people come into real leadership at a very old age. That really, when they come into leadership at an old age, they come with a lot of things. The first is that they come with experience, they come with skill, they come with wisdom, and um, they come with maturity and um, extreme character. Um, I have looked on the continent of Africa, and um, we practice we practice um, a democracy of about um, an eight year democracy. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you serve your first term of four years, and um, the good people of the country vote for you, then you have an opportunity to serve your second term, which is your last term. Now, in this country, you realize that you you would have had a lot of a lot of conversations around. Um, the fact that people want to break the eight. Now, 2024 is going to give us 16 years um, of NPP in power and 16 years of NDC in power. Now, in that election, the good people of this country are going to make a decision on um, who they would want to vote for. But I have stated that it's better to be old and be wise and be able to lead a country in the manner in which you would than to be young and to be unwise and bring the country into disrepute. And I think that we have examples of other younger people who have been president that um, otherwise would um, create um, a national or a global name like Dumso and um, other young people who have been president that would immediately run to an IMF for a bailout 
um, mm -hmm. other young people that have been president that instead of looking for innovative ideas would uh, rather want to start having guinea fowls um, 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 running away from the country to other countries. And so really, if you look at, if you compare the margins very well and look at how young our democracy is, I mean, really, um, you would have you would have the, the persons of President Adam Dankwekufuado um, coming into presidency um, at a very um, elderly age. Mm -hmm. um, I think he came in at about 72 um, years old. Um, but you have to remember that um, he's been on this fight um, well over from 1996. Okay. Um, so, I mean, it's, it's the way um, the politics of the country has been done. But I believe very well that um, that is about to change because our constitution is just 30 years. Um, our fourth republic as well from 1992 is also um, quite young. Um, so um, that is about to change as we, as we move forward. Um, our, country, our, our country is not as old as Europe, um, which is over 400 years old. It's not as old as the U.S., um, which is over 400 years old. So really, um, for a country that is less than 70 years old, um, you would have people um, who would come into leadership at an old age. But when we grow very much and uh, we hit our centenary, um, in the next um, 32 years old, we reach, we reach our centenary, um, you, would, you, would, you would be assured that you have a younger person uh, rising up but it's it's one step at a time yeah 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 okay that's i mean that's that's good like i said i i don't see um i don't think he's unfit for the for the for the job or anything i mean i actually love the fact that he's there and he, he really he looks he looks young all right um but i was just i was just amazed by the fact that hey um did do Ghanaians even know uh that he's that old but um, good that they're making um, use of his uh, of his wisdom because he's proven to be a really, let's say, a, a, a good man in office. Um, but and I also um, look forward to what the future presidential candidate um, candidates are going to look like as well, age wise. How diverse is that going to be? Because that's also something interesting um, to to look at. Um, yes, I, I I think so, but I also think that. Um, the age conversation has not become so important. It shouldn't. Uh, it shouldn't either. It shouldn't. Persons that are old that have really done the work, even more yeah. than other younger people. Yeah. Uh, it... President Anadolu is one example, uh, mm -hmm. and I think that by far on this fourth republic, by far he's been he's been one of the oldest presidents um, in leadership and in government right. by far, and he's done extremely well, even more than other presidents who were who were younger. And look at the 16 flagship programs that he's been able to implement um, in less than six years of his government, which for me is setting a foundation, really, for um, this decade, um, 2020 to 2030, and even beyond for, for, for the country to be able to fly on higher pedestals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much, uh, uh, Palgrave. Uh, for joining us. Uh, we know at your side is uh, well in the evening. You probably still have to uh, get your Sunday dinner or uh, what's it, <laughs> what do they eat on Sundays in Muto and those type of things. <laughs> uh, any yeah, last words? You know, lately in this country, many people are staying away from eating after six. Oh, so, is it? That's good. Yes. I think that everybody's trying to stay healthy. Yeah. Um, and, and everybody's trying to make sure that if you have money, you don't die and leave your money. I like that. So, I like that. People are staying healthy. Good, mm. good so, stuff. Um, I haven't had any Amuto today. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> not yet. Not yet. That's by the way. I'm doing a lot of starch. All right. So, um, yes, I'm doing a lot of leaves and, okay. and, and chicken. Okay, look at and, that. And making sure that I'm taking my tea. You know, this is, this, this, this. Summer this buddy coming. From, it's from your country. You know, when I was in your country, I bought, I bought this map. You know, bicycles, you see. This oh, right. Yeah. Country. Yeah. Very beautiful. That's good. Yeah, yeah, Amsterdam. That's the Amsterdam Cup. <laughs> love that. Love that. Any last words for our listeners uh, before we round up, uh, Palgrave? Yeah. Really to just wish uh, my Muslim brothers um, a happy Ramadan in the next two days and to wish all workers around the world a happy Labor Day. And um, all of us welcome to the month of May. Um, Christians would consider this month as the month of grace. Um, Jesus Christ has resurrected and so Christians are beginning to count 50 days after the resurrection of Jesus to celebrate Pentecost. Um, so I wish everyone well. That one is also. Well, we wish you all the best and thank yeah. you for joining us. We will love to see you joining us uh, very soon again. Uh, thanks so much and have a good uh, Sunday evening. Thank you. All right. Thank you. All right.
Well, rounding up uh, Africa on Focus, uh, we just had a conversation with Pauge uh, Bwachidankwa live from uh, Ghana. And this is uh, how we interact with so many. So, um, producer, shout out to Slim because uh, he's making me aware that, you know, we have to uh, look at the comments. So many comments that have uh, come and dropped. So we should definitely revisit uh, this uh, topic. <laughs> Uh, Mena Ama, shout out to you, our loyal listening queen. Shout out to you, Abapa Dufier. Also, shout out to you. Um, and Linda, Linda Trum, uh, also shout out to you. Hits FM Amsterdam. Um, and thanks to Linda, she just called us to listen, and you guys are live on Hits. We are live on Hits. Thank you for resharing. Um, Evans Asamoah, I believe that's DJ Slim uh, as well. Uh, thank you. And GH Kings, you always come with the fire. You come with the smoke. Your opinion, your, your comments, <laughs> your comments are sharp. Ooh, <laughs> he will be president one day. This man will be president one day because he knows how to talk. Bad. Um, you you never know. <laughs> you never know. You never know. Um, I just want to thank each one of you for interacting with us. Um, and you know, we're rounding up. Any last words, Donnie? Um, no, that was it. That was, that it. was it. Um, on my side, I have my questions answered by Brother Paul Grave. So it's, it's it's so good to have him on the show. It's just like we need more time. <laughs> ah, yes, absolutely. Uh, we just need more time. But. Absolutely, I think that we're taking notes for uh, next time. Rounding up Africa in focus, which is the place where we share our success stories, uh, elevating African voices and uh, celebrating African excellence. Uh, you can catch up with our show on our YouTube channel, Africa in focus. You can find us there if you type in Miss Abba. Um, of course, you can find the episode uh, dropping uh, this Wednesday uh, on our podcasting platforms, Spotify, Apple Music, uh, Google Music, all of that. So you can listen to it during your drive time or, or whatever. You can find us on YouTube as well. Uh, find me on all the social platforms, Instagram, uh, Twitter. I'm reviving my Twitter. I have the goal to really engage with a lot of people on Twitter. Uh, so that is This Is Miss Abba. And uh, on Instagram is ms.aba. Let's see which with song we are rounding up today. And also want to give a good shout out to Slim. Because uh, Slim, he um, he is always our producer coming here ensuring that, you know, um, all of the right music is played and all of those things. Uh, let's round up with uh, Manifest with his record called uh, Game Over. Next week, same place, same time. Uh, of course, we will be interacting. Thank you for listening to Africa on Focus. We air live every Sunday on High Radio from 7 p.m. Amsterdam time. Join the Africa on Focus platform on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Africa on Focus or visit www.africaonfocus.com. And follow me on all your social platforms, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Miss Abba. Shout out to High Radio and Q Vibe for the jingle. <laughs>